I gotta put this closer to me. Okay, there it is. Okay. It started. It it is and it's blinking. Whose is blinking? It blinks a little. What, know, the recording stopped. button? Yeah, a little red light. It oh. stopped. It was changing colors. Maybe that's me. Oh, I don't know. <sighs> All right, so mm-hmm. take two. Take two. Uh, yeah, so we're back here on the, the stoop-ish. <laughs> I'm on the couch. <laughs> I'm actually laying in the bed. So that's where we are. <laughs> this is where we are. I can't even see the stoop right now. Yeah, we couldn't sit on the stoop. The government then told us go inside. So I'm inside. So I'm inside. I'm in the bed, and we're recording. We are social distancing. Like for real now. Like for real, for real. <laughs> I mean, technically, we only live like I think like five or six miles away from each other. Yeah, that's a difference. So I mean, we're we're good. So we we are, you know, being proactive. In our social distancing yes. at this time, I, I appreciate that. Yes, we are. We are working toward uh, cooperation. Yes, as a community, and you know, <laughs> we are helping the community at this point. Yes, you know, doing our part to maintain distance. Yes, I did go garden the other day though. The they keep saying on all the commercials, "Stay home." I stay home and stuff. I like once a week to go to the store. And I'm going really well this week, not going to the store. I, what's the word I want to say? I have not left my house since Since Friday, except for one time, and that was to go to the doctor. Yeah, how how much fun was that? Um, well. (laughs) Well, let me tell you. (laughs) Well, um... After our last recording, mm-hmm. I the following um, Friday, which was the third, mm-hmm. I was told that I had been exposed to the virus mm-hmm. um, several ways in the same location. Okay. And because I have had such an exposure to the virus i have been placed on quarantine and i have been on quarantine since about three o'clock friday last friday um i only left my room i've been in my bedroom at my house um my kids are losing their minds um my husband is irritated um so this has been fun oh yes Um, so fun and i have a what's the word i want to say i went yesterday to get the official test done yesterday that ever again um that was no no that was a no it was a no that was some fuckery but the picture is on like they stick that thing up your nose yes it's a long q-tip no ma'am with an extended um what's the word i want to say with an extended q-tip tip Mm -hmm. and they stick it in your nostril Mm. and turn it they're trying to get brain matter 
Right. Because that's mm. how far it felt like it was up there. And then um, they stick it in the next nostril and do the exact same thing. Mm. Why do you have to do it twice? She, now here's the thing. The place where I got exposed, there were other people who had to go get tests done. Mm-hmm. And everybody had a different experience. Really? The way everyone was tested okay. was different. Oh. I was the only person that had it in both nostrils. What? Everyone else only had to do one nostril. What? Why are you special? I don't know. <laughs> so I that part is really annoying and aggravating to know that everybody got tested differently. Now, mind you, the place where we're all getting tested is the same, same place? urgent care place. Same nurse? Nope. Different. It's the same urgent care company, oh, just different, different locations. locations. That's interesting. And everyone had a different Protocol experience. Protocol is not the same. Pardon? Protocol isn't the same. I don't know. Are there any similarities in anyone's testing? Or everyone? Yes. Everybody different. had the thing stuck up their nose. I'm but. the only one who had it twice. One, he said they only stuck it in and pulled it out. Oh. The person who had it also in one nostril, or two other people that had it in one nostril, said they stuck it in, turned it around. Oh. Turned- Run it around inside, then took it out. Was it one technique? Said they stuck it in the one nostril, turned it, and then left it in her nose for five minutes Ooh. and then pulled it out. So Everybody I don't get know. taught differently? Pardon? Everybody got taught how to do this differently? Apparently, it's not like there was no, like, it must not have been either a teaching or everybody watched a different video because mm. it was terrible. The fact that we all had different experiences and we all went to three separate locations. At the same company. The same company, same urgent care facility, and everybody had their test done a different way. That's weird. Yes. Very. Hmm. Very, very weird. And so, yeah. So I, after they finished their test, they gave me a piece of paper that said, go quarantine yourself until the results come back. I said, well, I've been on quarantine since Friday. She was like, awesome. Go back. Uh- <laughs> um, so I, I, I'm sitting up in my boom, and thinking about you. all of it. Um, mm. And yeah, so I don't have any of the major symptoms that they said you would have. Um, no fever. I can still smell. I can still taste. So it's um, possible that you just have been in the vicinity, but you don't have it at all. Right. But you don't have any of, symptoms. And the, the line that they keep using is out of an abundance of caution. Yes. Um, I was tested. Okay. But out of an abundance of caution, they couldn't let you know that somebody else had this and they shouldn't have come to work? Or did they not know that they had it? <laughs> I'm going to try to answer that in the most politically correct way possible. Oh, I'm sorry. We don't know exactly where it came from. It could be someone that doesn't know that they have it. It could be somebody that did test positive. We don't know. Uh... Um, so it's a we don't know. And then as they were figuring it out, they were trying to make adjustments but yeah. Uh, well, yes, I got exposed multiple ways. Um, and yeah, that's that's the best way that I can say it. Like I said, 
without going into detail and, you know, having anybody be mad at me for saying anything I shouldn't have said. Um, but yeah, yeah. With some fuckery. Um, that's what I just keep saying. It was some fuckery. The whole thing, just fuckery. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been something to experience and not being able to like be around people, Mm -hmm. um, has been weird. Um, not that I miss being around people. Right. I don't necessarily miss it. It's just weird not being around people. Um, I'm okay with being by myself. It's just, uh, different to like, I, even if I had the choice to be around people, I can't right now. And I think that's what's so hard for people that are dealing with it is the fact that, and dealing with, you know, the stay at home orders is because it's one thing when I make a choice to not be around people, but now I don't even get the autonomy to have that choice. Right. It's like, oh, okay. It's nice when that's the choice. It's like, oh, I get to stay on because I want to, not because I'm right. forced to be here. That's different. Yeah. And that's been the main like thing that's bothering people mm-hmm. is um, people are, are, they're not able to like go with their families. They're not right. able to like be around people and you know, people are losing loved ones and you can't even you like go. go to their mm-hmm. services or pay your respects and things like that. And um for me, that's kind of like we've had one death in the family so far. Um, hoping we don't have any more. But mm-hmm. you know, like people could not go to that funeral. Right. Um, it literally was live streamed and there were like I think a total of like four or five people there. Oh wow. And that was it. And then it was live streamed outside of that. And then it's kind of a, you know, people are passing away at at, at alarming rates. Like mm-hmm. in New York, I have several family members who are on the front lines dealing with it. Mm. Um, in and out of hospitals. Um, I was talking to my cousin yesterday, mm-hmm. and I was like, like every day I try to send her like some type something like uplifting things like Aww. that. She has to go back into those into that that clinic and like as a nurse has to deal with checking temperatures of not only the patients, but the staff and like uh-huh. gotta keep track of everybody and where they are and what they're doing. How many cases have they seen? What, what, what's been going on? Oh, geez. And like, that's stressful. It is. And that's why I keep like sending her things like, you know, you're awesome. Thank you for being in there. Like, thank you for fighting a good fight, things like that. And like, just checking in with her, like, are you okay? Do you need to talk? Um, because that is a stressful environment to be in mm-hmm. and it's, it's stressful for the family members that have to walk, <laughs> that have to walk back home or go home. Right. And this is what you have to deal with. Like you wake mm-hmm. up, you got to go basically like into the lion's den and then you have to come home and it's like, are you being, um, appreciated at home or are people just thinking like it's just everyday work not realizing like what you're actually, actually going, going into yeah. this thing at work um and so i try to send her like uplifting messages things like that memes that kind of thing keep her spirits up mm-hmm. um and then yesterday as i'm checking in with her she was like hold on somebody's coding oh no i was like oh man wow and then she came back and she was like, I'll call you when I get home. Um, we have to send somebody out to an ER right now. 
Oh, gosh. Bruh, come on, man. That's a lot. And to deal, be on in that every day. And yeah, because like, you're not used to, like, it happens, but, like, at this every rate, day, it doesn't happen bro, like this. I can't. And I have friends who are doctors, <clears> and they're <throat> like, oh, I'm tired. I can't even, like, go home and, like, be in my house. I literally have to get undressed on the porch mm. because I can't. And, like, they're literally, in. like, going to work in, like, their regular clothes, mm-hmm. coming home in scrubs because they don't want to get their clothes contaminated. And then the scrubs that they had on all day, if they didn't have, like, a full um, suit on, mm-hmm. they may have gotten their clothes contaminated. There's people out here burning their, their scrubs, like, in their yards what? and going inside in their drawers. What? You know you can watch that, though. You can, but they don't even want to bring it into, into their the house. house. I got you. You know what I'm saying? And people in New York, you know, having a laundry uh, washer and dryer in your spot is yeah. you, you got to go to the laundromat. A lot of people oh, man. have dryers. You know what I'm saying? Man, I didn't think about all of that. I was thinking about listening to this podcast that's based in New York. And it's just like, you know, there's such higher percentages in black communities, but we're in spaces that don't allow us to actually social distance. I was explaining that to somebody yesterday. I said, it's so much higher in New York because people literally are on top of each other. Mm-hmm. And there really aren't a lot of places and spaces to spread out. Um, you're literally, and you, then you have to think about the socioeconomic dynamics. And you also have to think of the multi-generational living that goes on in mm-hmm. New York where Abuela lives upstairs. Right. Right? right, and all the grandkids live downstairs, and everybody is everywhere. And then you got to think of all the people who are susceptible to all of these diseases. How many and people are you passing the street like in New York on a day? Like, come on. Right, and then like there was a picture <clears throat> that somebody showed of the two train at like six o'clock in the evening, even after the stay-at-home order, it was packed. Then I had to, and I was like talking to somebody. I was like, "Hey, here's the thing about that that people don't understand or realize." Half of them are wow. probably essential workers. There you go. There you go. <laughs> it's black, not all of them. Immigrants, black, Hispanic, and immigrants. Definitely, yes. those are the people who are on the front lines in the hospitals, in the places where you need to go get food, in the places where you have all these things. They do all your jobs. So they do all the jobs that y'all say that yeah. we're doing, from <clears throat> and they're doing them well, and then they're going home, and then their only means of transport is the train. The train. Which you can't social distance on. And you cannot social distance on the train, no matter how hard you try. Do you know what time you would get home if you tried that? Time to get back to work. Right. And then the train is <laughs> limited anyway. Oh, it's, it's lim- oh, man. My friend drives. He just became a just became an NCA driver um, in Manhattan. But he was like, it's like a ghost town. And they drive. He drives with the mask and the gloves on and stuff. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, I'm still on my route. I'm still getting paid. But it's weird out here. He hasn't said anything crazy. He was like, I definitely feel like he's one of the, he's like, I definitely feel this is a, um, like a condemnation from God. <laughs> There's a lot of people who feel that way. Yeah. Sarahly feel that way. I do. Do I think that sometimes that's exactly what that is? Yeah. But sometimes I'm like, it literally is people mishandling a virus or something like that mm-hmm. or mishandling how they handle mishandling how they they address the issue 
It's cleanliness um, too. Because that's it's it's an issue of cleanliness. Like almost it, across the board. Like it is. For y'all to all like, rush and buy all this bleach and stuff. Like yeah. what did y'all fucking have in your house before? Right. What are y'all doing? Y'all shouldn't have had to. Like I didn't have to rush to get Lysol because I had Lysol for the week before. It's all in my house. I keep it. Like when I see it going low, I replace it. I have cleansers. Right. I have bleach. I didn't have any Dettol, but I have all the other stuff. I have yeah, my alcohol and I have hydrogen peroxide. I can make a cleanser with some vinegar if I needed to. Like, right. <laughs> and like I'm for me, because, because of my situation, like I'm wiping everything down, like in my room that I touch, mm-hmm. which is both of my laptops. I have a printer up here with me now. And then like, doorknobs and even like the 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 handle on the toilet like mm-hmm. everything that i touch i wipe it down with bleach twice a day because mm-hmm. i don't know if i have it and right. i don't know how it's spread or you know right and 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 one of the things is like i have the laundry that i need to do that i'm like i don't know if i'm scared to wash it until i get the diagnosis back or what uh... you know what i'm saying and so i've been waiting to do my laundry but again because I'm on 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 quarantine, I I can't like go downstairs and wash my laundry. Right. I I am at the mercy of my two children and my husband at this point. Uh, and that is driving me bananas. bananas. <laughs> and it's partially because I have a certain level of I do it a certain way. That's because your mom mom always does things a certain way. That's how the house runs. Right. And have you been downstairs lately? Man, I want to go downstairs. You have no idea. Uh, tell them they better clean up now before you lose listen, it. Listen, I when I went downstairs yesterday <laughs> on the way to go get tested, right. I walked through the family room and looked at all of them in their faces and said, What the f what? Said, you you shouldn't have had to know. say nothing. You should have just Let looked at them. Give them a hard West Indian mother stare. And then chops at them and leave and slam the door. Because there's blankets and things thrown about and things that I would not would not tolerate if I was down. They gather venting from the living room to the family room. <laughs> Jay, like I am so pissed right now. Like, and my oh. husband was like, "I'm gonna be clean. I'm gonna make them clean." Every when? time he says, every time he tells them to go get up and clean. They go take a nap. Nope. Nope. Between two and now three is cleanup time. Just you get it out the way. I, I wouldn't play that. No, get mm. up now. And I would stand over them until yeah, like I take a nap. They are playing him like a fiddle here. <laughs> listen, listen. Again, it's I am at the mercy of the children and my husband. Oh, I need him to get some backbone. I, I need him to ah little gosh. Um <laughs> I feel like I've seen him mad before. I like to see him use that. He just powers for good. He doesn't because in his mind, they're girls. My dad didn't give up. He doesn't want them to have the angry black man, man who's always yelling at them kind of thing. He doesn't want them to have that stigma of black men because I'm the black man that they're looking at. I'm the black man that they're looking at. I appreciate him having that standpoint, but also we need balance. Right. And then when he does that, they're like, why is daddy mad? Yeah. Well, because you pissed him off, first of all. Let's start there. But you know what? My best friend growing up, her dad was, I don't think I've ever seen him mad. He is the most peaceful, calm, 
gentle person. His name is Tyrone. So when like that song called Tyrone came out, he thought it was cute. Like he wasn't insulted. <laughs> He's just a very gentle. And I, I can't ever say I've ever seen him. Re- I don't think either of her parents really get too angry. I think I see her mom get stern because she's a teacher, but I've never seen her dad be like very stern. He's like, you know, I was disappointed. And like, even that feels bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not harsh, but my dad was like fire and brimstone. So I was always calling him my other dad. He was like, don't you think you have enough dad? <laughs> so I just dealt with it. My brother's godfather, so I guess by association. Here we are. Yeah. I think right now in what I'm going through, I'm just having to deal. Yeah. I'm just having to deal. I'm having to be okay. We have That's to come to a new normal. So they can't just be taking naps because they don't want to do something. That's they exactly can't sleep away from everything. That's what the that thirteen year old she is. I just want to sleep. That's her mode all day, every day. And that might last for a little while, but you also have to get your stuff done. Yeah, she ain't trying to hear that shit. <sighs> I'm to shake them sometimes. <laughs> well, I'll be ready to, you know I'll be ready to rock. Shit. I can shake her. Let me just come on and shake her. You know I'll be ready to rock. Like, come on, let's do it. Uh, I'll be like, what's wrong with y'all? Like, I remember one time I was with my sister's friend's kids. We have to be all going to like, Bush Gardens or something together and her sons started arguing and I was so mad and I went off on them and they didn't stop me and they're like you know we were all growing up together whatever it's Auntie J I can I can reprimand the kids but they later they were like oh man you made Auntie J mad <laughs> like that's hard bro because like, I went off I was like this is your brother if anybody knows you it's these people everybody else is going to fight you in the world but you got to learn how to get along with your brother there's people that you have to be supportive of <laughs> they were like whoa <laughs> I was like if nobody else don't fight each other like come together but don't fight each other I was so pissed off at them that's a lesson that I think like the new age kids just oh man horrible job of giving it to them i don't know how my parents influenced us i I don't know if that was just a natural inclination i think it was definitely encouraged that we had to take care of each other definitely that was kind of ingrained in us but i think it's also like a natural inclination i couldn't understand i was like if anything else my sister brother and i are a tight unit but this is nothing we might we had my mom's like you guys are so mean to each other we're super sarcastic with each other but like nobody could come between us. We and that definitely right. prepared me. Like no one can hurt my feelings. These people know everything about me. There's nothing anybody else could say that could truly, really hurt me deep down like they could. <laughs> right. Your siblings are the ones that give you the best life lessons. Yes. I did read that in like a Time magazine Good eons bad. ago. Better and different. They are like the your, the relationships with your siblings actually help you learn how to deal with people. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was like, oh, there's nothing. I don't believe that. We are a unit together, but y'all can't hurt my feelings. These people have hurt me already. They have, they have, I, I used to test my sister when we were little. Like I knew how to push her as close to the edge as possible and bring her back. So when I, other people want to mess with her, I'd be like, don't mess with that girl. You should, uh, if you want to do it, it's up on you, but I am not going to be here to save you. My thing was like with my brothers, like I know what pisses them off and mm-hmm. I know like what to not say in order to get them to go. Cause there's sometimes like, 
I have to edit myself when I'm talking to them because mm-hmm. I realize that they have these triggers that even they aren't aware that they have. Oh, I have a trigger master. I have mastered and, triggering my siblings. <laughs> and for me, like, one thing to be like, I know what their triggers are, yes. And mm-hmm. we, like, physically fought each other. And that's why I think part of it is, like, they they accepted me. Yes, I'm a girl, but I was also one of the boys because mm-hmm. I played sports and I did things that they like to do. So it made them easier to like look at me and say, "Hey, yeah, no, don't, 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 don't do that. Don't mess with her." Yeah, no, no. Nah. You don't want to do that, bro. That's not a good idea. A good idea. Right? And then, like, as I got older, like, we we have the same sense of like sarcastic humor. Mm-hmm. We have that same kind of because we did it to each other. Right. And, like, we can come, you know, off the, like no matter what's going on, we can make a joke out of it. So, like, when we're all together, it's nothing but, like, good vibes and, like, we're just, like, dying laughing the whole time. But, like, these two, they'll sleep in the same bed with each other because I didn't want to be by myself for weeks on end. And then one would, like, walk into the other one's room uninvited, and then now it's an all-out war. (laughs) Because it's not the time. And I'm like, weren't you sleeping in the bed with her this morning? But now you're pissed because she opened your bedroom door. Shut, you know, you needed some private time. And this was not the time. The time to to share was when we were sleeping. This is a different time of day. (laughs) Jay. (laughs) Hey, that's how I ended up with a roommate that I didn't want. We had our own rooms. And my sister was like, I'm watching the night in your room. She spent so many nights in my room. My parents moved her in. (laughs) They just go away. Just don't. Sometimes you need your own autonomy. You just need your own space and time. Maybe they need to. You do. I get that. I truly truly get that you need, like, everybody needs their own space, but, like, your siblings are. And that's why it's weird to me to have, like, aunts and uncles who don't talk to each other. Everybody's got to beef about something. And most of the stuff that they're beefing about is, like, if it's not money, it's I didn't like the way she said such and such, and now we're not talking. What? Listen. (laughs) I I heard you. Girl, what? What is wrong with you? And I'm like, and then when you hear the whole story, you like. So that's why you know that my stepfather did that to my grandmother before. Like he stopped talking to her for years. She sent the cops to the house because she had to hurt for him to do a wellness check, and he was pissed that she sent the cops. (laughs) But he was mad about something small. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Most of of the arguments that happen between... It's never anything so major that it should cause you to abandon your sibling in that way. Like, my brothers... I could be mad at my brother for a day, a week, two weeks, and be done. But I don't ignore them in such a way where... It's months or years before we talk to each yeah, other. Yeah, that's crazy. Now, if I could explain the shit my brother has done. Which one? The younger one. The older oh. one, we don't have no beef. Mm-mm. We have zero beef. That that younger one, that boy? We got, we still, he still owe me a movie. He <laughs> owe you movies. He owe you all kind of things. I forgot what else I probably lived him in the past. Who knows? When he lived on back. from you, that was a mess. I ended up buying another movie, and that was on Netflix, so 
I guess I'm okay. <laughs> but I did buy another one. That, that's not, that was a hard one to buy. He got she hate me. That was the one that he had borrowed from you. Was it she hate me? Yeah. Oh, then I don't have it back. <laughs> I thought it was she's gotta have it. No, he he did both of them. <gasps> Does he have did I get any of I don't know because my stuff is in boxes. Oh my God. Oh my God, he still has it. I remember one yeah. time he came over, he was like, Yeah, I'm watching it now. And I was like, Well, you could uh get it back. Like right. <laughs> it's been like ten years now. <laughs> Bro, like he he moved from that apartment so quickly. <laughs> Oh man, now I want to watch She Hate Me and I can't watch it. Dang. That's, I saw that movie at BAM. Really? Mm-hmm. Opening night, I saw that BAM. Oh, I'm jealous. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was It was weird that it was at BAM. No, it was not. And it was like a, it was a, uh, like a Q&A. Oh, okay. Okay. So it was, it was, inter- it was actually, I went on a date with somebody to that mm, movie. That's artsy. It was very artsy. So proud of you getting your Brooklyn Bohemian on. Hey, you know, <laughs> you know, it happened. <clears throat> I had to, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's all I will say. Yeah, that was it was, not a, it was not a good <laughs> situation. That's why he's not around. Where it's not happening now. I'm assuming. I don't know. It was. It was the person that I went on the date with was. He was a guy who had very lofty ideas of um, like things and technology that he wanted to do. He was in the process of developing an idea with a company where they were trying to figure out a way to put like for like long drives, mm-hmm. be able to put the movie like on the window. Mm-mm. On the on the, on the windshield? No, not like the windshield, like the like for the kids. Oh that it would show on the window versus them having because at the time tablets weren't a thing. Um to instead of them having like, you know, they used to have like those DVD players and things like that that you could put in the back seat for the kids to watch movies on. Right. Had the little screen. So they were trying to figure out a way to still have that but connect the DVD player to the car where the movie would show on the window. Hmm. Like a projection. Yes. They were trying to develop this technology and he would talk to me about it and like, I would get bored. Um, <laughs> um, I would get bored because it was like, oh, today we tried this. Oh, today. Okay. Like uh, he was a dude that had, he went to school for technology, had gotten his degree after he left um, college, he had moved back to his neighborhood and started getting into some, you know, neighborhood things and was trying to stay on the straight and narrow. And then he got this job. And once he got the job, he had one foot in the street, one foot in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. And he would allow the streets to like keep him from advancing in the corporate world. Oh, so it was a fight for him to stay corporate all the time, and then for him to go do stuff at night on the streets with his homies. Oh, jeez. Um, so yeah. with my friends, just huh? 
It just, how do you balance that life? It was, it was hard because he was like, he was, he struggled with it because he knew he shouldn't have been doing the nighttime stuff. But then he would come and he would show me like these wads of money. Like, I mean, I make good money at work, but I don't make this kind of money at work. Well, if you keep doing what you're supposed to be doing, you should be. You Jesus will get Christ. there. Like, it's going to take time. You want quick money. You money. Want... And he was a guy that every every shoe that came out, he got it. It had, like, three outfits to go with it. So he could rotate in and out of clothes and shoes and all kind of stuff. So, but he was a on-the-low intellectual. Like, he could mm-hmm. talk to you about, like, movie scenes and things like that, which is what drew me to him. And then all the other stuff was kind of like, oh, come on, my guy. So going mm. through that with him was very. I think I wonder how many I always like to talk to some black men about that. I wonder I was I've met a professor and I could tell that he struggled with that, like that acceptance of himself. And how do you how do you toe the line in both worlds and still remain true to yourself? And I and felt like he was struggling with it. And being the person that I met struggled. was like super intelligent, and we finally mm-hmm. had some conversation. And I was like, "Oh, this guy knows his shit," but he also is a little bit insecure, and tries to overcompensate by being a little bit like, I guess, more like arrogant. Mm-hmm. But definitely, you can tell like he's like because he was asking me, and I was like, "Yeah, you just have to be yourself." But I could tell a lot of black men struggle with that once you get to that certain level, like keeping it real. Right, keeping it real goes wrong. And, 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 and that's the thing. <laughs> And that's the thing, like with him is like, and I, and I dated a guy who was the church um, piano and organ player and he could play his behind off and he was doing the same thing. He was selling beats to people at church. I feel, you know what? I'm not going to go there. So. <laughs> I, I, know thing. I know, I know, I know, I know we have parallel. I know. I'm not even going to go to where. I know, girl. I know, girl. Yo. Who your who your greenery supplier is is right. most likely also church musician. But <laughs> I have gotten greenery from also, several Because you know what's funny though, most of those dudes are from the hood anyway, and right. some of the churches aren't paying them for real. And if they're only doing music full time, then I get that. But yeah, fuck mm. boys and church musicians and all of that go hand in hand. The devil's mm. the devil's lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> Because one one guy I dated, the guy that I dated after that one that I saw the movie with, he was, like I said, the church musician. He played with Kirk Franklin and this one and that one and this one and that one. And on our first date, he pulled out a blunt out of his pocket. Maybe the ones. I was like, oh. so many other celestialists. I said, oh, oh, what is, oh. Okay. Wow. This so this Not is what like orgies with celebrities and stuff. Right. <laughs> I mean, he was a good dude. He was a good dude, but he was also he had that I'm fighting the streets thing, but he also had That's the so dichotomy. So he also struggled with that. He st- he and he's now forty. He should be forty one this year. Does he have it together though? No. Um, uh, no. Still unmarried. Does not have any children. I mean, that's good. Still that's in not, a together. Don't sit still kind of lifestyle. Oh, yeah. Either they got trapped and they keep traveling and avoid he, he it. Plays for, <laughs> he plays for one of the mega churches in Atlanta. I won't mm-hmm. say which one. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays for one of the mega churches in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And 
he um he still struggles with like settling down and like that kind of thing like he has like a really he doesn't want to settle down all right it happens he don't have and, to. But then he'll complain that he can't that he find a to settle down with. You gotta, you know, pick a lane and stay in it. You gotta figure it out. So it's kind of one of those things where, you know, he just is. You have it both ways. Yeah, but like now, I think in my life, if I met them now in my life and I was single, I wouldn't have dated them to begin with. <laughs> Let's start there. I probably uh, would have dated someone that was more established. As yeah. far as like, either you're gonna be in the streets and I'm gonna be okay with that, or you're gonna be in the corporate world and I'm gonna be okay with that. I'm not really it. okay with you being in the streets because I've I've dated enough of those being in the streets people. Get out the streets. And when I was younger and in my twenties and dating and such, and I found out you were in the streets, I was like, oh, that's over. Yeah. I've 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 had my fill. Well done. I've had that wasn't, that so wasn't too cool back then either. <laughs> right. And like for me, it was one of those things where I enjoyed dating, but those kind of things are the things that made me like, nah. I don't know. I know this little break is fine with me. I do not care. I don't have to worry about it. I heard people are still dating online now. Like really? still going to because they have time. They have time to be on. Oh, true, true, true. I mean, like, I guess people have time to talk to each other now and really, like, you know, put time and energy into it. I get it. I guess I don't know. Somebody tried to find out if I was cooking. I was like, "You ain't coming over here." That's what you're not about to do. I have fashioned these 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 rations for me. Right. Like, they may be in abundance, but they also for me. I didn't account for feeding some other greedy person. I realize right. some people like guys come over and they want to eat all the stuff. They don't. They just don't like take a little. They take a lot. Like I don't have no alcohol left now. Like no. <laughs> I, I had to call. I called a friend of mine the other day, and I was like, because we were we were both pissed about some stuff with work, and I was like, I was like, where where are you? She was like, oh, I'm on my way home. She has to pass my house to get to her house. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey. I'm going to cash app you this. Go pick <laughs> up technology. Because, you know, quarantine, girl, quarantine. Let's put it on the porch and run. Scattle. That's exactly what she did. But <laughs> she didn't know that I had, I have a, you know, a camera at the door. Oh, so when man. she walked up to the door, it alerted me. So I pressed the button and I'm like, so you just going to walk away? That's what you're going to do? Just put it on the steps and walk away? She was like, I was about to call you in the car, girl. My bad. <laughs> Like, yeah, just run, just dropped off at the run. It was so funny. I was like, "You girl are a mess." He was like, "I was just gonna put it here and tell you that it was here because I didn't know if you want me to um ring the doorbell and let the girls come to the door and pick it up because I didn't know if, if they know what it was." Oh, it's a bag. They can pick up a bag. No, my children know that the damn black plastic bag. She, they know it exactly only where comes, it comes from, from the ABC store. They know where it comes from. There, yeah, they know. So I'm like, Ugh. but yeah, so you know, that's what's happening. Thanks for the friends to do deliveries and drop by. Yes, he did the yes. I I need somebody to bring me some. I want some fried chicken. <laughs> Where do you want fried chicken from? <laughs> I was trying to get it. All the Chinese spots near my house are closed. Are you serious? Yes, every single last. They're not one. delivering. Huh? They're not delivering. 
they are closed completely. Signs on the door. This would be a great time for playing with y'all. Stop playing. So you know what? I wonder if they weren't getting that much business to begin with. My my people right here, they were getting they they thing. Okay. And so they were doing they were doing fine, but like I can't get my you know Chinese fried chicken because I like their fried chicken. Yeah, the place near my job is closed. They're not even open for like takeout at all. These aren't either. And that's the thing. Like it's it's horrible, but it is what it is. But yeah, then not like, like I'm trying to go to like a West Indian spot and I'm like, the one that my mom likes, I don't like it that much. Uh, it's okay. It's not the best. It's okay. Yeah, one um, of my sisters texted me about oxtails this morning. It's about they want to carry out. And I was like, who was talking about, you want me to make oxtails? Because I've never made oxtails. They're like, maybe the time you did it with the extra gravy. And I was like, I've never made oxtails. I've certainly bought oxtails. But I don't even know if the Jamaican place is open. Jamaica House is open. I know. When I drove by, they didn't look open. But that was like a week ago. Yeah. They they had a thing on Facebook that said they were so open. Uh, They had a call and order in and pick it up. They only doing call in and you pay when you get there. And then that's it. You pay and leave. Uh, You don't spend no time in there for real. Right. So Jamaica House said they were open. I was looking for Karina's is open too, but I never had um, oxtail from them. So I don't know. No, I've only had like rice Um, and gravy. And then my other place, Queens, I don't know if they open or not. Yeah, I haven't been there in a minute. And Queens is not too far from us. Mm -mm. So that's why I'm like, "Uh, I'm hungry, but I can't get what I want. What expense? But here's the thing. I also can't go downstairs and cook it for myself. Right. So yeah, I'm I don't know how to cook. Get in the kitchen and put your mom on the phone. <laughs> I, yo, walking my husband through how to make my sea moss. Oh my gosh! Uh, First of it's all, it's not that hard, huh? It shouldn't be that hard. It's not. Oh, but I had first two days before. I had to tell the child, "Hey, go take it out the package and go put it in water." She was like, "What?" Just put it in water. What Listen part of that to what I'm saying. Saying. So the next, you want day, your mother to live. Come right. on. So the next, the next day, <laughs> I told her. I said, pour the water off of it. Mm-hmm. Water again, but this time, put lemon. I put lemon and oranges. Mm-hmm. Lemon and oranges in it, and then let it sit again for right. a few more hours. So that night, my husband was like, "Did you leave this out like this? Did you come downstairs?" I'm like, "No, bro. I've been upstairs." So he, I was like, I need you to make it for me since right. you are down there. Right. So I said, take the actual sea moss and put it in the bullet. Take some of the water that's in there and pour it in. Mm-hmm. He made it watery. Oh, my God. He was like, is that going to be okay? It'll tighten up in the fridge. Yeah. I was like, what's it? I didn't even. <sighs> so you put the whole thing in the in your bullet? Yeah. And just blend it down. Mm-hmm. Okay. I told do you separate her, it? Huh? You don't separate it. What do you mean? When that like drain it or something that comes out. Huh? Or strain it. You don't strain it or anything. Uh-uh. I've seen different ways to make it. I've seen people like soak it and boil it. I don't it strain it because my bullet makes it like applesauce consistency almost. Okay, cool. So that's what I told him. I said it needs to be applesauce consistency. When you put it in the in the in the uh, mason jar, so it was a little bit watery, more watery than I would do. Like it, yeah. 
So, but he said it did tighten up in the fridge. Tighten up, son? What do you put it in? Mason jars. No, what do you, like, how do you take it? Oh, um, I put it usually, like, in a smoothie. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'll put it, like, in tea in the morning. Okay. I finally, I made some last week from the powder. Because I was looking, I was, somehow I woke up the last week and it was, like, some Rasta show on YouTube. And it was, like, some Rasta making. It, he makes, like, um lemon and sh- lime and sugar condensed milk in it i did a part of that and i blended it with like cinnamon and ginger and then i put it in the powder and let that congeal so mm-hmm. i put that in the fridge so it came back into gel and i was at first it didn't smell good but this morning i had some and i just took it straight and had some water with it and it didn't have a smell at all so i thought that was interesting it my powder stinks but I got to remember how I did that because I really don't remember. <laughs> I think I just put it in warm water and stirred it up. And then I put some like turmeric and ginger and. Uh, yeah, my mom brought me ginger. Uh, whack in there. Brought me ginger tea and then she brought me a turmeric and ginger tea. And then she bought me limes and um, oranges. I mean, lemons and oranges. All kind of instructions. Peel it, put the peel in the water, boil it. Then the next morning, Put it back to put heat again and then drink it. Just drink it just like that. Mommy, you can put your face in it too and steam. Yeah, that's what, and, and I told her that too, but I, I saved some of the peels. But um, I keep um, or try to keep orange peel in my house anyway right. because orange peel, when you boil it after it's dry, it's good mm-hmm. for upset stomach. Nice. Look at that. Wait, so, she said she mm-hmm. puts the lemon and orange in the water and you boil it? Yeah. Like whole orange or just the, the peel? Skin. Okay. For yours, the one that you just made. Yes. Okay. Just the skin. And then, okay. and it was fine. And I drank a really big, like I have a really big um, coffee cup. I put it mm-hmm. in that and I drank, it was a lot. So um, you boil it twice? So you boil it for mm-hmm. like 10, 15 minutes, let it sit on a boil. Oh. And then you let it sit overnight so it could continue steeping. Oh. And then in the morning you warm it up. Say heat to drink. It's just it's just the peels. No nothing. Uh-huh. Just the peels. No sugar, no honey, no nothing. Just oh, the really? peel by itself. And it tastes like bitter. No, it wasn't bitter at all. Okay. Mm-mm. It wasn't bitter at all. Huh. I'm gonna have to try that. So taking that lime shots in the morning. That, that was the thing that I, I I did that and then I when I told my <laughs> I told my parents, I was like, yeah, you know, I have sea moss here, whatever, whatever. My father started laughing. He said, you trying to get pregnant? What? Yeah. Then that Dobby, what's that called? I said, no, I'm not trying to get Dobby pregnant. Or something like that? What? That, there's like there's some drink they make in it. Maybe that's the one. Huh? Mobby. Mobby. Yes. Is that the one with the Irish moss? Uh-huh. I never liked it. They put like sugar, but they put like sugar and milk or something in it. Um, you're talking about Irish moss, period. The drink itself is just Irish moss. That is a but it's supposed to like what do they say? Make you more viral, give you a sex drive up, right? Not viral, that's the right word, viral. Yes, you'll be, um, but. And that and and peanut punch, they say do that. That's it, peanut punch. Uh huh. And I, I when you said that, it. I just busted out laughing. I said, "You are stupid." You're funny. Just doing. I I I didn't know. I said, "You think I'll be having another child now?" 
Are you right, <laughs> right now? <laughs> you lost your it happened. Sir. It happened. Sir, you know good and damn well. I know. Good and damn well. I'm not having nobody kid right now, sir. Oh, no, My mom expires in August. Who already has her appointment to re up? I do over here as long as they take me. <laughs> I will re up. Okay. Oh okay. my goodness. Because I'm not having nobody's next child. What? <laughs> not even for me. At my age now, it would have to be somebody that be that I've already had somebody ask me to be a surrogate. I oh, and I was goodness. like, and I told her I was like, I would do it. And I'm like, because I was young enough, I was it was I would have been fine to do it for her. Then she ended up having her own kid, but. You know what I'm saying? It had to be somebody that I really, I really got to love you to consider doing that. I've had many people, many couples ask me, which I find very strange. I also think you have to have a child first before you can become a surrogate. Isn't that still true? Supposedly that you have to have your own. You have to have like a history of a birth first. Yes. Because they need to know how you carried the first one. Right. That's a part of the information that they need in order to say if you're going to be a viable option. It's very strange to ask people that. When she asked me, I was, I was a little taken aback when she asked and she was like, I have a question to ask you. I'm like, cool. What's up? Mm-hmm. That's my homie. I love her. What's up? She was like, um, <laughs> well, you know, I'm getting up there in age. I'm like, girl, you all right? What's up? Be fine. Um, so, and when she said it up, my brain was like, burp, 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 okay. what girl? Oh. I had somebody get mad at me because I wouldn't agree to it. And she was older than me at the time. She really wanted me to like care. I guess I don't know. People must think I'm an awesome person. I don't know, but they think that you have the vibes are going to get to their baby, and they might. But then I don't know how I feel about that. That's weird. The people who have asked me have all been good people, except for like one right. couple. I, like I said, I've I've been asked once to actually do it, and I've been it, asked so. once to consider it for a friend of mine who was going through breast cancer treatment and. She was like, I don't know if after this, I'd be able to have a kid. Right. That's understandable. So she was like, in the event that this radiation and chemo takes me out and I can't have these kids. Right. Um, after it's all said and done and I beat this, could you do it? Think about it. Don't make any decisions yet. Just think about it. She was out of, she had finished her treatment, beat, beat it, hair was growing back, flourishing. And a year after she finished her chemo and radiation, she got pregnant. Oh, wow. Go ahead, girl. And she was like, the doctors were stunned. And like, she was like, this is a miracle baby. Um, it was with, not without, you know, complication, but right. it was, it, and she's doing fine now. Good. And the baby's doing fine. Um, she, she's almost walking at this point. Um, but like, I was like, phew. <laughs> oh, thanks. Because I'm like, even if I'm, I would do it out of the kindness of my heart. It's you still got to. I got to be pregnant, bro. Right. <laughs> For a whole nine and a half months. <laughs> they, they lie. It's ten months. They keep saying I nine. I said nine and a half. It's ten. It is 10. Why do they say that? I mean, 10 months. Why do they say it's nine? I don't know. When you have a baby, you literally have to dedicate almost 18 months of your life between pregnancy 
and this kid being able to hold a bottle by themselves. Mm. Like that's how much time you got to go. <laughs> You're not making this sound desirable. <laughs> nope. It's nope. one of those things you gotta you gotta have the the stamina, and you gotta be able to be without sleep for a long time because like. Both of my pregnancies after month seven, I didn't sleep. Mm-hmm. I li- I had sleep sitting up. Oh no! Because they gave me such wicked heartburn, and they gave me like I couldn't sleep. I had was having like vivid ass dreams. Uh-huh. The first one, I swear, I kept hearing somebody call my name, and I kept like jumping out of my sleep. Oh, it was just weird, and like I couldn't eat anything. And then the only thing I wanted to eat was Mexican food with the first one. I didn't care where you had to get it from. That is all I'm going to eat is Mexican food. I don't care. I don't want stew chicken. I want an enchilada. Like, it was really bad. Hilarious. (laughs) And he was like, what you gonna do? Eat Mexican food again? Yes, I am. And every morning, I had a turkey bacon BLT without the tea. From across the street, because I was across the street from the spot called Bullies, and I had that every morning, almost the whole pregnancy. Even if it meant like I didn't pay a bill on time, I made sure I had that because that cost me like five dollars. Because that's important. It was very important to me to have it, and then I would have Mexican food for lunch and or dinner. Hey, you know, and it was what I ate. That's what I wanted. The second one, I wanted, I wanted um, Burger King, really, really, really bad. I wanted a Whopper so bad. I love Whopper. Like the first pregnancy, I wanted a Whopper. Like I would have the craving for it. Mm -hmm. Never went and got it. Second pregnancy, oh, it was a wrap. I wanted that thing so bad. It like I used to hurt myself. What do you need? Like the iron from the meat or something? That's what my mom told me. She was like, "You're having an iron issue," but I'm also iron sensitive. So, oh, so that's the best um, iron for you. Your body tricked you. I found out that I was iron sensitive because oh I was taking the prenatal pills and it bound my belly up so bad. Oh, they had to give thing. me like enemas because it was so bad. And they're like, okay, so pregnancy thing sound like a good idea ever. Right. So then after the first three months of that problem, Stop taking the prenatal vitamins. And they were like, okay, so take these prenatal vitamins with the low iron in it. Nope, <clears throat> too much too. Oh, gosh. So they were like, okay, so take, so half, of, take half of a prenatal pill every other day. Mm-mm. That was too much. Okay, so take half of a pill one day a week. That's how I got regulated on it. Half of a pill one day one a day week. week. Jeez. And they were like, please make sure you're eating this, 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 and this to make up for the nutrients and da 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 da. Hmm. So me and my cousin had to come up with a plan. My cousin, that's the massage therapist, and she's a what's the word I want to say? She's a health nut as far as like food and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so me and her came up with a plan for me to um be able to eat well and get all the nutrients and things. I had like kale salads like two or three mm-hmm. times a week and like she used to make me um wheatgrass shots um 
at the um she used to make me wheatgrass shots on her Jacques Lalane. Um hold on, my kids are yelling at each other. <gasps> Can you hear them? Yeah, what's what they saying? I don't know what she said. That's hilarious. Why are they yelling? This is every day. This is every day. They yell at each other for stupid shit. What? Every day, bro. Like, every day. <clears throat> then it's, Mommy, such and such did such and such to me. Mommy, um, nobody such else is going to do that. Such to me. She's doing this. She's saying that. She's doing this. She's saying that. Oh, my gosh. Hmm. You, you know, <laughs> like, you got to live with this person forever. Right. Like, you know, after I'm gone, she's all you're going to have, right? Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So we shall see what happens. We shall see. But, yeah. But, yeah, pregnancy is one of those things where you have to... You have to, it's everybody's own experience. Those are my experiences with it. So. Everybody has their own experience. Yes. And I was a person that did not, everyone I, else. I have morning sickness. <laughs> and people who tell me about their morning sickness, I'm like, oh, damn, I couldn't do that every day. Mm-mm. I didn't have. That didn't sound like fun at all. I didn't have morning sickness. I just had heartburn at night. But mm. it was, it would come and then it would go. But sometimes it would last longer. Sometimes it wouldn't. It would just be like, I wake up at 11 o'clock at night with heartburn. And then like three, four o'clock in the morning, that's when I'm falling back asleep. That's what you got. Okay. Okay. So that's why once I figured out if I sat up to sleep, it wouldn't happen as often. Right. And I could get that's better sleep. Feedback. That's what I did. I slept on a futon sitting up. Oh, I'm sorry. And those hairy babies. <laughs> but you saw both of them. They came out with you know a wrap. You know what I'm right. saying? You know, they came out with a doobie. They both came out with a doobie wrap. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, indigestion. Right. Yeah, I, this indigestion that y'all gave me, but y'all came out. They had it. They all came out with little afros. They just little came out ready. You know what I'm saying? Right, threatening on people, we got that thing, you know, at bangs and everything. Hey, I'm here, I'm ready. I got my own. My kids came out with her, okay? All of it. Oh, they still got heads of hair now. Yeah, that's, I mean, better than being bald. Thank you. Hey, hey. It's a good time to regrow some hair. I mean, do what you I've been working do. on it. I just massaging my edges every day. My edges are growing back, it's great. Listen, edges are important. You know how they I feel about that. Man. And it's not that you can't trust people with no edges. My family has light edges. But I think the last few months of last year really stressed me out. Because I noticed that my hair wasn't as long as when I moved in, as when I moved out. Right. <laughs> I definitely lost some hair from that situation, which is quite bad. So I'm in the regrowth process. It's working out pretty well. Here's the thing. With when your hair, because like me, you know, edges are important. Very important. I have, you know, made jokes on all of my social medias in regards to edges. Edges. Edges are very, very important. They are important. Um, I have seen the lack of edges and just trying to figure out, like, how did you get to this place? 
It's lack of attention and love. Right. And, and and my thing is, it's like, lack of and I always say like jokingly, like your edges are a tuft of hair. They are. If, if you can't maintain that tuft of hair. Can't trust you. I can't trust you because that, that, means, that means you don't pay attention to like details. You don't, you know, the little things don't matter to you because that yeah. tuft of hair literally needs a little grease and uh, you just got to cover it down at night. That is all it requires. Yeah. It does not to break much off more. when I'm stressed and just not be here with us. It's disappeared and come back several times. And some people, I understand, you know, that yeah. like pregnancy and stress will mess yeah, with Yeah, my sister lost a lot of hair in pregnancy. Yes. And then, you know, putting stress on your hair. Like I have two locks right now that have thinned out and I'm trying to figure out what the freak is happening with these two locks. Are they on the edge or no? Huh? Are they on the edge or the back? They're not on the edge. They're right behind my edges. And I'm trying to figure out why they thinned out the way that they did. Hmm. And I can't figure it out because as tight as all of the rest of it, they just thinned out. But like, is from pulling it like back? That's what the problem I had. And the thing is, I don't like when I'm at home, I don't have like wraps around my hair. I don't tie it up or anything like that. I'm come home, put a scarf on it, and that's it. Yeah. But like I don't put like my my hair ties tight or anything like that. So mine that, used to be amazingly um, tight. I had the, the bow, the little ball thing. I would wrap it so tight around there. I had the tightest ponytail mm-hmm. and the and tightest bun. Only time I put my hair up is if I'm working in the yard to keep it out of my face. Okay. Sometimes I will put it up like when I'm at work, depending on what I was doing. Yeah. But for the most part, I just wear my hair down or I'll wear it in like a loose ponytail. See, I had locks back in like the 90s when nobody else really had locks the first time. Mm-hmm. So I was always trying to like, I guess, have this like neat aesthetic just to make sure that people didn't have crazy shit to say to me. So I was always like, you know, like tying my edges down or making my ponytails tight. And I think that was part of my problem. Yeah, for me, like, the tightness is something that I'm very aware of. And like, I will tighten up all my locks, retwist everything. So I retwist my own hair. Mm. And those two, I would tighten it up at first. But after I take my clips out, I would undo it so that they weren't as tight as the rest of the locks. Huh. But they're still thinned out. And I'm like, it'll regrow, it'll regrow, it'll regrow. Well, it is regrowing with it. really, really slowly. And I'm saying. Huh? Olive oil or something. Definitely. I gotta go get some nature's blessing. That's really what I need right now. That's what I've been using. And I braid it up. Nature's blessing it um, you know, keep them as loose as possible until I retwist. Like this time, this is probably the longest I've gone without a retwist in a really long time. I mean, you know, times are changing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did a retwist yesterday. Yesterday? No, two days ago. I did a retwist. Tuesday, I did a retwist. Um, and I had purposefully not washed or done anything with it. Like, I was cleaning my scalp, mm-hmm. but, like, not actually washed the hair. But mm-hmm. I was cleaning my scalp and, like, moisturizing and, like, wiping my like wiping the actual locks with, like, um, uh, a rag, like, wet it and, like, wipe through them, things like that. Because that sounds intense. It, it, I mean, every few weeks I was doing it. I went like seven weeks without like deep washing 
my hair and deep washing my scalp. I was like cleaning everything, but it wasn't like a in the shower, really getting in there, really and corny that's all on it. Like yeah. you didn't take it that far. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Has anybody ever tried soaking their locks in that's all? That is a question. I don't know what that would even do. Because you know some people will soak their locks in like dawn to get like the the lint and stuff out. out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never heard anybody I've say they tried it in vinegar and it might straighten your hair. Yeah. <laughs> I said it might straighten your hair. Right, exactly. Like I've done the apple cider vinegar and locks and ever. I've done that. And that is that it, it made my hair feel weird and it was like weirdly like too clean for me. Squeaky clean. Like it was squeaky clean. That's that Dr. Bronner's clean. Right. The thing is, I've washed my lock with Dr. Bronner's peppermint soap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is the best feeling. Oh, That's a great feeling. My, I might have to buy some more next time it. I go out. I absolutely love doing it, but I don't do I it. I only often. use it on my body. Just that's it in my hair. Yeah, I I don't do it often, but it was a great. It's good in the summer. That's a great soap in the summer. Mm-hmm. Just don't use it in your nether regions. It just doesn't. See, I don't now, know. Maybe on men. Somebody told me that, and then when I did, I learned that when I was ten. Never again. That or the eucalyptus. Nope, nope, nope. Nah, bro. I was like, whoo, wow, wow. You know, I've wow. met some people that say they only use eucalyptus on their rear, which I thought was an interesting concept that you use a special soap just for your rear. But well, yeah. I'm a person that uses like my little hand towels, not hand towels, but my like my shower rag or whatever. Mm-hmm. My mom hates the fact that I call it a rag. Um, it's a rag. It's whatever. You know what I'm saying. I have one that I use for my body, and then I have one that I use for my face. I use separate ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. My cousin taught me that when I was younger. And then I have a cousin that uses one that's for her nether region and her behind, and then she has one for her body, and then she has one for her face. I said that's a lot of laundry. Um, It is. It's a lot of laundry. But I think I actually have the same. But mine, I I use one of those Japanese scrubbing cloths for my main, Mm -hmm. like, washing. And then I'll have like two other washcloths. But once I've used it, like you can only do that on the first wash that you can use that same cloth for everything. After that, it becomes a butt cloth. It's just what it is. Just (laughs) (laughs) you're delegated to another regions only. No, I don't know. But after that, you might as well. It's so many things. People and their cleanliness are the the reason why we're here now. So (laughs) now that I have my Dettol, I'll be using that to do my wiping around my house with a little bit of bleach added to it. Yeah. Can you and do I, both? Can I you do it? Is that overkill? It might be. I got to check it out. I got to look at Your house it. might start floating. Huh? Your house might start floating. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. And bleach. What? It's a little bit of bleach. Not a lot. Okay. Okay. Let me know how that works. Not a lot. It's not combustible, is it? Like, I, so I got to look it up. I got to look up Kennedy. Yeah, there's something that you can't combine. I don't know if it's the bleach and the death. That sounds like it's uh, overkill. Maybe you should. Open I'm sure people up. have done it. It's like people who boil their um, their fabuloso. That is to make your house smell good. It works really fast. Yeah, but you're, it's a chemical. It is. But it really you makes your house smell really fast. I just boil, like, you know what I do? I boil cinnamon and ginger and orange. Right. That smells good. And that's also a good tea to drink. So killing two birds with one stone. Yeah, see? You know? I also do, like, the um the inhalant and, like, do the steam with it. Mm-hmm. So, like, get a mini facial and you can breathe better. 
But I know a lot of people are making that pot with like, they're making like all the stuff. They're putting like rose petals and ginger and lime and all that stuff in the pot. But I feel like it's probably better. All, like you could steam with it, but I feel like you should probably be drinking it as well. I feel like you're missing out on the benefit if you're not getting some of those nutrients ingested in your body. Mm-hmm. But I do something similar to that in the morning. I definitely take vitamin C and a lime shot and I have my um, echinacea golden seal and some olive leaf extract and uh, what else do I take? Oh, um, I still have some el- Oh, I just, I just got some elderberries. I have a problem. Well, so I stopped ordering off of Amazon because stuff is, the prices are high. Mm-hmm. So I found like some side website where the lady was selling elderberries and I bought a pound, like 20 something. Paid for that. I got, the, and I got it in the mail yesterday and there's a handwritten note saying that the supplier had raised it $4. And so she wanted me to PayPal her $4. And I'm sitting here with the note on the counter. Lysol, mind you, I Lysol everything as soon as I got the box. Lights all the scissors and everything. But should I really send her these four dollars? <laughs> I feel like after I've paid for shipping, she should take the L. Right. Like, <laughs> it's not my fault that the price changed after I ordered it. That's not how that works. Crazy. So I was like, well, I know where she got it from. It's from Frontier, and you can join the co-op online for like $10. So I might just join the co-op online and just buy it myself from now on. That's what but we need in, in Richmond is a co-op. Oh, my God. I've been God. saying that. I, you know what? Maybe we, maybe that should be our project while we're here. Because I've been saying that for a minute. And all we need to do is find a space, I think. they were suppo- It was supposed to have been one that was supposed to come to Southside. At- oh, I know. And over there, yeah, the, the, it used to be a, uh, a skating rink or something, or a rink, ride, right? grocery store, and then it was another grocery store, and then they sitting all there. And then the people I would I, love to do I that. I was working on the project when they were coming up with the whole thing anyway. So this out of state company came in and bought the building and bought all the rights to turning it into a co op, and they were turning it into a trifold as they were calling it, a trifold space where mm-hmm. it was going to be the co-op, a restaurant, and then like a farmer's market Okay, that they were going Good to idea. face into. Nothing has happened. They bought the building, bought the parking lot, bought and bought it's the rights to do it, it, but they haven't come in and actually done it yet. So I'm like- What so are y'all waiting for? They're still building houses over here. Huh? I can, from my window, I can see where they're still building like three or four more buildings. They're building like three or four more like high rises over here. Yeah. There's no grocery store over here. That's what, I, that's what that thing was supposed to be. And then, like I said, we were working on the project. We were literally working on that said project. And then this company swoops in, buys out the person who came up with everything. Holding on to it? You holding on to it? Huh? People over here don't have grocery store? Come on now. Right. And so they, they bought everything because they knew that down JD, they were going to be building the, um, whatchamacallit, like there's a bunch of another set of out-of-state people came in, oh, a lot of the factories, and they're turning them into condos. And they that bought the land like that, uh, the projects that are over there, they bought the land that the projects sit on. Then they also bought the land that the... um. It's a bunch of a little apartment complexes that a lot of the immigrant population lives in over there. 
mm-hmm. bought the land that they sit on. They bought the land under the projects. They bought the land for some of these um, um, factories that they're turning into. Um, Come on now. But they're not doing anything with it. But they're not doing anything with it. So the ah. city came in and bought some of it back, but they still it's haven't done anything. It's still uh, um, uh, uh, what should I call it? Zone. Um, it's a commercial zone. No. Uh, I know what I want to say. The the word just slipped my mind. It's a food insecurity zone. Oh, a food a food desert. Food desert. Yeah. And it's considered a food desert. At where the apartments are, but between right. the apartments and then the next grocery store, it's not considered a food desert. It's considered a food insecure zone. Food um, insecure zone. Yes, because there's no the food there at all. So how is that insecure? Grocery store and those apartments, and then on the other side of it, people live closer to that grocery store. What? Okay, from my house to the bottom and back up to Hall Street, the next grocery store is near my sister's house. Uh-huh. Uh, almost to... Almost to Chippenham. Mm-hmm. That's another county. That's almost in Chesterfield. Yes. There's no grocery store within, like, a five-mile radius of where I live. But again, no, no, that can't be right. The, the city is making these choices to call them no, right. food deserts, food insecure zones. I want them to live here and try to see where they get their groceries from, and then you come back here and tell me how this works for y'all. Like that, the the, the politics behind the reality are, are just not relevant. Right. And the thing about it is, is that we can, for the most part, <laughs> for people who live in that area, like I had a lot when I was working doing community work. I had a lot of clients who were from that particular area and I have an idea, not going to say the idea on the podcast, but I'll tell you this offline. And I think this is, I think I may have told you about this idea. Um, I have an idea for that particular area Mm -hmm. that will bring food to that area, fresh food to that area to kind of, uh, lessen the amount of people who don't have access to fresh food. Okay. Um, I'm I have thought about the plan, but I have funding. <laughs> funding is the main issue. Funding because is it's literally we would have to go to the city to borrow a piece of land from the city to do this project. Project, but the project itself will over the course of six months will fund itself. Okay. Uh, but we need it for the first This is a post-COVID world or a pre-COVID world? Is this, the same kind of setup? This A pre-COVID world, yes, but it, it, it's still viable in a post-COVID viable. world. Yeah. Um, and, and it's something that I was looking at and I wanted to talk to a couple of, you know, um, uh, leaders in the community to see what their idea was to see if they can add on to that idea or they're willing to, you know, use that idea because there's a lot of different things that the city spaces that the city is not using and utilizing um, to kind of eliminate some of those issues. There are plans that RRHA has to build 
in a lot of those areas, like the majority of those apartment complexes down Jay, mm-hmm. they're all going to be demolished. For them to this is what they're going to do. Is and this is model houses. This is all of Richmond that this is happening. It's not just down Jay. No, I've seen it in Churchill too. The mixed uh what's it called? Mixed mixed income housing. Yes, the mixed income housing is what they have that's gonna be going in there and it's gonna be townhouse. That sounds great in theory. But in the meantime, while you're doing this, you have to displace people. Like that doesn't deal with the real world situation. That's not a place to be displaced to. <laughs> That's what they're going to do. I'm like, and I'm just, I work in the community, so I know where they're sending these people. They're sending them to Petersburg. And that's part of the reason why I didn't want to do the community work, because I knew eventually it was going to end up. It was a couple of different reasons why I got out of community work. And that was one of the things, because I was. That doesn't fit well. You no. Know, and I was central to two of the projects in Richmond, where that was like my base for my clients. Um, and at the time when I found out that they had the plan to demolish one set of the projects and then the second set, they didn't know what they were going to do with it. And then the local college decided to buy up all of the damn projects. And uh, they're systematically kicking the people out. Hmm. So in the next two years, those projects will no longer be projects. Okay. So those people have two to three years is what the local college is giving them to get out. I don't know. And so all the land they have been, that the land has been purchased since 2012 mm-hmm. that they purchased the land that those projects sit on. They're just waiting. They've just been waiting. And they were told that they had to um, they had to start vacating. And then one of the other projects, which is on the other side of town, they or well, two of the projects, they have already started to eliminate people from the projects where they started to systematically close the buildings down in the projects, but they're not putting anyone in those buildings to live. So there are vacant apartments that are available, but they have boarded them up so no one can get placed in them. Wow. That's insane. That's insane. So a lot of- That's not working out. I need to fix that. that. I worked in the government for a little bit and I do stuff like that. And that drove me crazy how long it takes to actually see the implementation of a program and how much you have to go through to get stuff done. Mm -hmm. It's so frustrating. If you have money, it's very easy to get it done. If you yeah, are, but even right now I work for the city, so they have the money. It's just like you have to go through all these channels to make sure they, oh, is it okay? Is it is it funded right? Is it this? Do we approve? And it's like just right. going through all these channels. It's unnecessary. Because they, they zone so many areas for certain amounts of things. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't and know. Then, it's just a lot. It's just like you should be able to you should be able to put things through. You shouldn't have to wait so long for stuff to happen. And it's a lot of people, you know, oh, going through channels and making these decisions and trying you to, have get to go sit with happen you and all this red tape. Board. You have to sit with the city board. Right. It's just a lot. It shouldn't have to be that hard to make things happen when people have a need that's necessary now. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's so just, that's the thing that you have to, to, to contend with is if there is a neighborhood 
uh, watch or a neighborhood group, deal with them first. After you deal with them, then you got to deal with the county or city level. Once you deal with them, then you got to go to the, the people who are, you know, city council. Then you deal with them. After you deal with all these sets of people. That's a lot. It is a lot. And then you your projects could be stalled or um, or anything could happen. You know what I'm saying? And you don't want that for it to be a a a thing. So for like for the project that I want to do, there's no neighborhood group that we have to get in with. That's that's that, that right. doesn't exist. We do have to go through the city council because, like I said, RRHA has a contract with the city to put in these, you know, mixed income projects. And then this this particular project would not um, affect that unless they decide where this particular land that I'm talking about, they decide to use it later on for something else. Um, but if we get in there now before they start any of their projects, we shouldn't have an issue. All right. Mm-mm-mm. And this is a, a mixed, um, income, not income, mixed use, a multi-use space. Is what right. That okay. it's not going to be just, you know, um, a, like a store. This is like right. a lot of different things will happen in this space. But, um, and the space is there. It can be, like I said, it'll be self-funded in six months. Um, six to nine months, I would say it'll be fully funded six to nine months. It can be fully funded on its own. Mm-hmm. And then it would possibly need like a supplement from the city or, you know, a deal with the city for like utilities. What It wouldn't even need to use that much for that either. So you're um, saying it's possible and yeah. viable yeah. while you have the space. Yes, the space is there. Definitely. Yeah. The space is absolutely there. Um but it's just a matter of going through all these steps first to get that to step. happen. And the thing is if you can yeah. prove like if you could raise money for it to get right. it to run and you come up with the money to do it and you have an accountant that can account for all the monies raised and who the monies came from. And then you also need to make sure that you have like, you know, some of the city groups that work with um, the community groups that basically work grassroots groups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back it. It'll be a, it'll be a good viable um, um, program. Um, even if it was a program that was for five years until the city could get themselves together, it would be. I don't be... like to depend on that. <laughs> right, I just feel like some of these things need to stand on their own legs and not waiting for the city is probably one of the first things right. waiting for the city and, and i you think that some of that stuff would already happen and you let people suffer mm-hmm. for whatever your monetary needs are i think you need a little bit riled up over here i'm sorry right. i think we had a million dollars literally one million dollars would get this thing off the ground okay. get viable and running and prop and making money and then have a cushion to get everyone in place and make sure that everyone can get paid for at least the first year. Then it would be the task of fundraising after that point. Yeah. But I'm just thinking, does that, does that plan change with how the world is now? Like the world we're looking at, we're coming and emerging from. I don't think the things that we 
expect it to work the way they did are going to work the same way after we exit this. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, does that plan still work mm-hmm. with the changes? It works okay. post-COVID because you're still servicing an area that has not been touched by the city. Yeah. That is a food desert, food insecure zone. And there, there are that a lot- there would be more funding because of that? Because you're providing a service the city doesn't have to provide? Or do you think there would be less? I think initially it out. would fund it, but I don't think it would be a long-term funding. Yeah. And that's the other thing is that the problem that we're having and seeing that, like, okay, you can buy stuff online, but then, like, because everybody's required to buy online and you can't go out, it's putting, uh, you know, an extra need on delivery. So then it's hard for you to get supplies. So, okay, so I was considering, okay, if this lady is buying her supplies from somewhere else, well, let me go to the source. But if the source, when I go, when I go to the source's website, they don't even have the product listed then that's the next thing. Like, I see some people selling hand sanitizer, but they're saying, oh, we had a delay because we can't find spray bottles anymore, or we can't find this anymore. So there's all these different things that are happening as a trickle-down effect. Right. Like, for this for this project, it would not require... The city does not have to invest a lot of money for it to work. Like I said, it could be viable six to nine months by itself with fundraising as well. And it's also something where... If you allow this project to go, it would lessen the m- amount of money the city is spending on Medicaid for those same residents, mm. right? The state would spend less money because they're getting fresh food and vegetables. They're getting exercise. They're getting um, activities. They're getting all of these things, and they would not have to rely on the city to provide those things for them. All right. And then it's implementation after that. Right. So it's just or acceptance. It's getting the people from the community to use it. Because my idea is to hire people from the actual community that we're going in versus mm-hmm. hiring a lot of people from outside. Yes, there will be some outside right. vendors. Oh, yeah, definitely. But the majority of the people who would be working it will be people from the community. Right. And they would, you know, be able to one, get some of those people out of having to get TANF and all the other programming that they need, that they'll be having, you know, a steady paycheck. That means that they can now move their family out of the projects. And then now they're helping the next people to get to, I want to, you know, it's a lot of different things. Trickle down effect. Yeah. And very much trickle down effect. Immersive. Uh, like a, what was it? A far reaching. Mm-hmm. Overreaching. Need covered. Yes. So this is something that for the state and for the city is something that could be viable and then right. if they choose to take it over, sure. If they don't choose, I don't to think you should over, leave it to the city. You see what happened? They took over all the events downtown. That shit just went You know what happens every There's time. Some things you can leave to the city, right? You can't leave it to them. Take but care for themselves. <laughs> I just feel like people just need to take the initiative and stop waiting. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> that didn't work out very well. Mm-mm. I don't think they even have the proper structure. And then if once they decide to let people go and funding go, then they stop funding and providing for certain things. Yeah. So if it's something that's that necessary for the community, I don't think you should depend on the city to actually run that shit. Just because <laughs> when they decide they'll cut services. Right. It's kind no, of one of those things that you go into to think that you're going to make a lot of money doing it because it's not about know. salary Mm-mm. for like myself. It literally is helping people get right. a place that they're a better place. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll talk about that offline. We will talk, we talk about, about it though. <laughs> do, these are things that people can do wherever they live. 
Um, Definitely. Finding, you know, community spaces that you can build a community grow. Um, mm-hmm. um, I found one to build for the other day. Um, yeah. You can build, like, I have an idea in the back of my mind at some point. I'm going to build a community, um, what do you call it, storage container um, mm-hmm. community for to to help people get out of homelessness mm-hmm. um, by mm-hmm. building these storage container sized apartments for them that mm-hmm. allow them to have some place to be, get clean, get services, look for work, have somewhere steady to be. And then once they start making money, they move on for the next person to come in and have that same experience. Um, that's something that you can do in your local town, no matter where you live. That's something that Mm -hmm. you can figure out a way to find one parcel of land that the city is not using. Give the, 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 the matrix of how this thing, whole thing is going to work and, you know, present it to the city and say, Hey, this is a viable option to reduce the homeless population in my city. Um, they don't want to help the homeless. They don't know. I don't know why nobody wants to help the homeless. People don't want to help the homeless. They have some like but it's like some vile in other countries. <clears throat> have worked in other you know cities in America. Yeah. And you know, if if it can work in those other places, why can't it work in your city? Um, they, have, work they, have, they have gardens like that in Detroit, in the yeah. city where they're growing actual fruits and vegetables versus yeah, I mean, trees and flowers. Um, yeah. in a lot of areas of the city. Um, in order to bring viability back to these neighborhoods um, in Brooklyn, spaces where there's no block that can have a whole block of buildings. There has to be at least one space of green space on every block in Brooklyn. That's something that they, they started a couple years ago where they've taken down the abandoned buildings that no one's going to buy too, too hard to, um, to fix. And mm-hmm. they taking them down and built green space in those areas. Like my aunt, she on her block, there's two green spaces on her block. Um, And it's a block of brownstones on one side and there's apartment buildings on half of the other block. And then the the other half of the block is brownstones. In the middle between the brownstones and the apartment buildings, there's green space. On her side where her brownstones are, there's Mm -hmm. green space before you get to the end of the block. It has flowers and they garden and they do fruits and vegetables. Neighbors can come in and get what they want kind of thing. And they man it. And it's one of those things where Brooklyn is like, no, we need to have more green spaces, not only for, you know, just for people to have a place to like sit. It literally is for people's health that we have. Uh, Really? You think so? Like, (laughs) right. And so, like, it was kind of like we have all these all this cement around us. Right, that work? that's not oh, okay. Right, concrete jungle all day. Oh, okay, day. not real. <laughs> right, so it's not a good idea. Oh, so, okay, you no, know, that's what they're doing. What? Any oxygen? What? Insane. So yeah, <laughs> one of those things. So kind of a um, you know, Time for some changes. I think. So we shall see how it goes, but yeah, you know. Yeah. I'd like to see some of those things happen. Yes. I want to be a part of some of that. Yes. And like I said, we'll talk offline and we'll, yes, we'll I'll give you like deets so you can yes. see what my, where my brain's at. And then we can, yes. you know, got to find partners and the whole thing. And you, you, there's plenty of people who are involved in some of the things you have to like make sure that you are, you know, partnering with the right people. Because like I said, I've seen that go left on. 
before it fell apart because everybody wanted something different and, right. and it should not have fallen apart the way that it did. But mm. everybody had a different idea for the spaces and everybody had a different idea. And then because the people who started it couldn't come together, they were able to come in, swoop in and steal it. <laughs> I've seen that happen a few times around here. Yeah. And crazy. so that was disheartening. And so I, I have been slow to warm on getting on board on any other projects because I'm oh, yeah, yeah, nah. funding is a thing. And, you know, if you don't have it a lot of the times up front, they don't take you seriously. Right. So, you know, you got to come up with ways to make it so people are more comfortable with those things. Dealing with you. Uh, steps and hurdles. Yep. But worth it. I think it's they are. They are. Because especially if the community, you know, works better and I want to be able to, you know, in the project itself, you know, make it so like how I do my birthday give back that we're putting those people to work versus giving them out. Hey, you I I have given food out to you for the last couple years for you to get on your feet. So here's a job. If even if you are a bagger, even if you are security, even if you are whatever you need to be to get you off the street because there's people that since I've been doing my birthday give back, we give out bags to these people, the same people every year. Yes. And, like, I remember you. Like, right. Like, and it's like, okay. you still out here? Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's the kind of thing where, no, I'm not going to help you and give you a handout. Well, what I will do is give you a job. Right. As long as you show up at this job, I will help you. Right. See some some progress instead of... Right. And that's the thing that a lot of people in Richmond are not seeing is the progress of people doing better. Mm -mm. I don't think they put... Well, I don't know. I don't know all those community groups, but I don't see the output of Mm -hmm. those kind of efforts. So I don't really think it's happening. Not the way it used to. Not when I see some of those services are shut down. So Mm -hmm. that's hard to Mm -hmm. see any results from. And a lot of people are not getting the results that they need or should be getting because they're not they're not in with the right people. Right. And the results are they're not also keeping track of results, which has also been an issue. Right. So that's one of the things that we need. Who knows if they actually happen if you're not keeping track of right. Keeping track and you know making sure that we have uninhibited and un uh, uh, stepped on um, documentation mm-hmm. of and records of what's happening also helps to um, make sure that the funding that we are getting is appropriate and right. that we're not fudging lines, which happens to be a really, 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 really bad issue that a lot yeah. of these groups in Richmond have is that they're fudging the lines and fudging the data yeah which because the data is now skewed and once that skew is found out now they're either not going to fund you at all or they're going to limit their funding and or put an oversight group to make sure that you're spending the money the way that they allot that you said you were going to spend it that sounds like fun oh so much fun so when i worked in the community it was so so much working in the community that way and seeing so many black people like be just disappointing because mm-hmm. 
they valued the money versus the lives that they changed. For me, it's never, ever, 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 ever been about money. It literally right. is making sure that I can see these people who are out there who lack help or resources, find help, find resources and become better for it. And then turn around and say, well, I got it for me. So let me help the next person get it for them. That's where my mind is. Because to me, the less people you have on the streets, the less people you have living in poverty, it's a, it's a win-win for the city. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of people don't see it that way. It's fine. You know, everybody can't have the same vision. Everybody's seen the same thing. You just have to work toward a common goal mm-hmm. with the right people. The right people is always the the thing. Uh, the thing. So. And the money. Right. <laughs> right and the right money. People and money. Right people and money. Ah, those recipes. Yeah, they're skewed. They're they're we'll get there. not only skewed, they are uh what's the word I want to say? They are mishandled a lot of the times. Oh, definitely. A lot of the times and their mishandling makes it so people who really need um, the help don't get it. And we need to fix that. Yeah, we got to work on it. We'll work on that. But that's all I have to say right now. Anything crazy? Doesn't forget anything? I don't know. You know, my days have become my nights. My nights have become my days. They all run together. I thought it was Friday. It is definitely Thursday and it's the 8th and I don't know what day I thought it was. But, um, you know, I wake up. I try not to think about it. I've been, last night I put my, I got a new phone charger because one of my cables broke. So I, I left the phone in the kitchen. So it was like a totally different experience sleeping. It wasn't like, I turned all my alarms off finally. I, mean, I think I finally let it set in that I don't need them anymore. Mm-hmm. And I changed I my alarm because I'm waking up at 6. I wake up at seven thirty. Oh, so whole ninety minutes. <laughs> yes, um, I sleep um, till seven thirty, and also because I don't really have far to go to go to the bathroom, wash my face, brush my teeth, and then come back to the laptop. So as long as I'm working here in by eight a.m., I am good. That's good. That whole thirty minute commute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, thirty commute, thirty minute commute. That's all I got. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's been okay. I did watch Uncorked. I was upset by that. It upset me. The music felt like on what the you Uncorked on. Netflix. Okay, yes, I watched it too. I was not as enthusiastic as everybody. I no, and I saw I was on Lena and uh, it was, it was Nash's live yesterday, uh-huh. and everyone was like, "Oh my god, I loved you in the court. I loved you in the court. It was amazing." I was like, "You can't please niggas. They are upset about Queen and Slim, how it was trauma porn, and it wasn't right." But I was like, I wrote it in my post the other day. I was like, "You know what? Queen and Slim got right. It had the best soundtrack, and it was amazingly placed." amazing placements and like seamless placements mm-hmm. and it gave you an ending no matter if you didn't like the ending doesn't matter it had not closure i said this movie had what did i say it had a something about the finish was not good i gave a wine reference to the ending i was like the music was not well placed it was weird like he would go on the white spaces they'd be playing hip-hop 
And if you went into black spaces, you could, they'd be playing like uh, classical music, which I guess is supposed to be a dichotomy of him in different spaces, but it didn't play well. And then there was all this excitement and then it fell flat. You didn't, there was no satisfactory ending. The relationship with him and his girlfriend should have been played out better and it wasn't. It just was very disappointing. I think it had better potential. Mm-hmm. Right, so my, I was listening to another podcast and they mentioned that he's in another, that lead guy was in another show called Oh Jerome No. I so I got my sister watching watched, that. I watched it's it. like awkward black guy. Yes. It's sincerely awkward black guy. Like, I like it. <laughs> I watched it and I was like, uh, it's so weird. Yeah. I'm only like three episodes in. <laughs> I watched the first episode and stood there like, oh, oh it gets better. I think it's the second one where he goes on this date with this black girl and like they fall asleep talking about like their truths. And then <laughs> she says this one thing and it's like, what? <laughs> it's like, and then she's gone. It was crazy. I actually liked that episode. I thought it was funny. This whole the whole thing was just it's a, a weird ass show. It really You know we don't get enough of? We don't get we have plenty of white quirkiness. There's so much white quirky girl, white quirky guy stuff on TV. Mm-hmm. We get plenty of that. You don't see that with black people really. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I appreciated about it. Not totally appreciative of the fact of his dating life, but he lives in New York, so it is what it is. He's still a token in some space. Yes. <laughs> that I can't jive with, but it's okay. That's about it. And I'm finally sitting down and learning some new things since I got time to do them now. I am not learning anything. Writing every day. You know, my job don't let me. So you still have a job. I am out here free freewheeling it out here. So I was like, oh, let me just, I think if I do this right, I probably won't go back to my other job. Mm-hmm. I think if I can provide that, that space for myself to work from home, I will not go back to my other job. I'll keep my office if that's still a viable option for me. But as it stands, it's not something that's viable during a pandemic. So <laughs> it is what it is. I was making great money. So good. It was so good. Uh, it is what it is. Well, well, right. I would say I got to get up and go home, but I'm already here. I'm already get dinner. I know my brother's live streaming online somewhere. Mm. I might check that out. Get me some religion today. I'm going to watch TV till I fall asleep and then do it again tomorrow. I think that's, you know, I'm, do what you wish. Do what like you do right now. So I did work out today. I did a 30 minute workout. What'd you do? Um resistance band and my kettlebell. And I'm gonna try to do at least 30 minutes a day. That is my plan. Today was all arms. Tomorrow it's squats and butts. Yes, do it. So I'll be doing donkey kicks and all kinds of stuff tomorrow. And then on Saturday, I'm going to be working on abs. Do that, do that. So I'm going to try to do yoga on Sunday. I'm proud of you. Yes. Um, Stretch this body out because I realize 
my calves are still tight and I cannot figure out a stretch to get them to stretch all the way out. It's rather annoying. You have to do it in steps, but downward dog is helpful. And then like um, on the edge of the staircase or you can't get to the stairs, your foot against the counter. That's mm-hmm. pretty helpful. Too. Yeah. So I'm uh, yeah. going to work on that. So hopefully, you I need know, to join you with that. Yeah. Well, okay, I'll join you virtually. Over, you already know who's on your schedule. Yes, everybody's on my schedule after this. Once y'all trust me again, <laughs> you know where I live. I That's why I was like, I might not even need to have a job after this, but you know, yeah, you should be good after this. You know what I'm saying? Great. This is a funnel effect. <sighs> um, all right, Shawty. Well, it's been good seeing you. <laughs> <laughs> good talking to you too, girl. Across the way, you. Tell everybody I said hi. I will grow. I want to take care of you better. I'm listen. I gotta set them on a timer. They feed me. But see, <laughs> they forget who you are around here. <laughs> they be forgetting. I'm like, yeah. As soon as this is over, coming for y'all. You need to get you one of those metal cups and a spoon or a bell. <laughs> And when it's time to eat, you just bang on the metal mug. This morning, <laughs> this morning, 11 o'clock, my kid goes, what do you want to eat? I said, what? She was like, what do you want for breakfast? I said, um, it's 11 o'clock, it's lunchtime. She goes, no, it's brunch. What do you want? Uh, 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 oh, and you got room service? Listen. <laughs> you need to talk to the manager. Can you talk to the manager? <laughs> so I guess no respect. I need you to talk to somebody at that establishment. I don't like the service that you're getting. Right, the service is terrible. I'm going to report <laughs> them offline. They got an attitude. They essential employees. Yeah, these essential employees here, bruh. And they got benefits. I don't understand. Insurance and everything is paid. Everything. Like, what's up? Shelter. They don't got to pay no rent. Y'all ain't even got to do much. Three meals. That's it. Just, you know. I don't even ask for snacks. At least clean up your area. Girl. That's, you know, do your side work. When this is over, oh, I'm coming for everybody else. Oh, the hammer's coming. The hammer. You see, that's unfair. My sister said that. She was like, I'm the disciplinarian amongst the parents. And it looks like she's always the bad guy. Yes. Yeah, that's not fair. It's not. But you need that. But this cape that I wear, this cape. It's not, you don't got it on right now. I don't have it on right now. That cape come on. I'm oh no! Mm. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Oh, hi, right, Shadi. We gonna Hi, figure out another way. Hopefully yes, we'll be taking your the week, but you know, elixirs and such. Yes, I'm going to try to get it all. Try to find me some Dettol. I got my Dettol. I'm about to wipe it everything down in here. It's gonna smell straight oh, like God. Dettol, and I'm gonna be mad. That smell is mad annoying after a while. But you know what? It's, it's better clean. than the beach bleach smell that I've had for the last the bleach, seven days. Definitely. So, you know. Switch it up, Tommy. Yeah, you know. Aww. All right. Be well, my friend. Peace out. How can the people reach you? Um, I am Kismet J on all platforms. That's K-I-S-M-E-T-J. That's uh, Twitter, Instagram, on Facebook. Oh, don't find me on Facebook. I won't be on there. I won't even reply. Right. But yeah. <laughs> Twitter, Instagram. You can find me on there. I'll be there. Talk crazy.
And then for me, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at S-O-U-L-R-I-G-H-T-E-R, Soul Writer. That is where I'm at. Find me. Can't Like I tell everybody, every time we do one of these, I cannot tell you what my Facebook is because I work you know, in prison. Um, so it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Um, nope. But yes, don't find me on Facebook. that's where we you can there. find me. If you want to email us, comment, whatever, whatever, comment on our uh, Instagram and our Facebook and Twitter, Stoop Philosophy. Only thing is our tw- our Twitter page, no vowels in philosophy. And that's how you can find us. Um, email us. We are stoopphilosophy at gmail.com. Holla at us. You got time. I know you got time. I know you got time now. Because we got time. We do got time. Yep. We got time. All right, so we can do off. Be well, my friend. Be well. Till next time. Yes, ma'am.